السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ There's a story in uh, Rumi's book The Maznavi about a group of blind men who encounter an elephant and uh, some of them feel his feet and they describe him as pillars some feel his trunk Uh, they describe him as something else. Some feel his ears. Uh, they describe him as something else. And some feel his tail, etc. Each one of them comes away within a different, with a different impression and reports <clears throat> an entirely different scenario as to what the elephant is. We go through this world relying on our material senses to tell us where we are and what we see. And we think that these senses give us accurate portrayals of what we encounter. Yet, it's not quite like that. Uh, there's a recent pop song that uh, says... I'm a material girl, and I live in a material world. And uh, it's about striving to gain material things. Well, the world does seem to be material. Uh, it appears real to our senses, and it appears that things are the way they are from the way that we look at them. But, in essence, things are not what they appear. There's layers upon layers upon layers of things in this world that we don't see and that we don't comprehend and that we don't take into consideration when we do what we do. Allah is without form and he is beyond our imagination he's beyond our ability to comprehend and he created this world and in that creation we are told that he created this world in his image Yet, he has no image. He has no image that can be seen by these eyes that we have. These eyes see material things. And he is not material. Well, then what does it mean that we were created in his image? Well, image is probably the wrong word. We are created in his essential being and what is his essential being his essential being are the qualities that he imbibes and the qualities that he represents and the qualities that he has shown unto the world and that have been explained to us 
by various prophets and holy texts. So, when we think of the world, we see the material world and we respond to it. But the holy men have explained to us that the material world is an illusory world. It's not real. It dissipates and disappears and has no eternality to it. So what is there beyond this material world? And how do we come in contact with it? Well, some have said that one of the ways to do it is to detach from all of the influences of all of the material things in the world. Detach. In other words, don't be influenced by, don't react to. Not such an easy thing. Yet, if you look at the uh, holy men that have existed throughout the ages, you will note that their interest in the world and the material things in the world was extremely limited. They were focused on something else. They were focused on something that we could not see, but somehow, to them, it is self-evident. And they not only saw it, they interacted with it all the time. We also know that there are manifestations that are different than other manifestations. A advanced being manifests differently in the world than a non-advanced being. An animal manifests in the world in some way. And a man manifests in the world a different way. Look at the animals in the jungle. They have a wildness to them. They see and then eat what they see. There's no intermediate uh, a lion will see a smaller animal, and this is his opportunity for food. Man has refined this process, and through the work of the prophets within the world, it's been refined quite a bit, so that cruelty to animals has been lessened. Cruelty of one manifestation to another manifestation has been lessened. Part of understanding the true nature of things comes with 
refinement in the way that we act towards other manifestations in the world. Part of our becoming more essential to reality is shown in the way that we act towards other manifestations in the world. A holy man acts differently towards other people than an ordinary man. And it can be seen by being near them, and it is consistent in the way they act. So, things like kindness don't become an aberration. They become the norm. Things like unconditional love aren't an aberration. They become the norm. A non-refined being has cruelty inside of him. He still has the animal characteristics that don't have empathy towards other manifestations. They are wrapped up entirely in their own well-being and their own needs. A refined being has empathy towards other beings and the state, nature, and needs of other beings become important to that refined being as important as their own being. These are elevated levels of humanity. These are levels beyond what is called ordinary man. These are levels that enter into being able to comprehend beyond the material. And we, if we are to progress as beings, need to begin to comprehend beyond the material into the essential. Some people call it spiritual. And one of the reasons they call it spiritual is spirits are ephemeral. They're not made of the material. So we need, as beings, to be able to comprehend that which is not material, yet hidden within the material. Within each man, Allah has placed a soul and has placed his qualities, which may or may not become manifest within that being. We, as material beings with a soul, have a dual set of possibilities. One is that we spend our life feeding, nurturing, taking care of this material being. The other is that we recognize this peace of Allah 
that he's placed within us called a soul, a ruh, and we attempt to get in touch with that and understand that and, or, and understand that essential side of us. It's been told to us by the prophets and by the holy men that this soul, unlike the body, is everlasting. And this soul can continue after this body dissipates. Now, in order to become cognizant of the soul, we have to become sensitive to that which is not material. And to become sensitive to that which is non-material, we have to get beyond our egocentric self and have an empathy that reaches out into the rest of humanity and touches the rest of humanity. You see, unless you recognize the souls within others, you can't recognize the soul within yourself. There's a reciprocity to this understanding. As you become more empathetic towards other people and feel their joy and their pain and their hunger and their satisfaction, you become closer to your own soul. And if you can't become empathetic towards others, you can't know yourself. A big part of knowing who you are is being able to comprehend who others are and having an empathy towards others and losing the veil of differences between ourselves and our fellow man. This veil of differences that we think separates us and distinguishes us from others actually is a blinder that stops us from understanding ourselves. Stops us from elevating ourselves. So while we may think that distinguishing ourselves from others by pushing them away and making them less than us somehow elevates us, it does the exact opposite. It makes us less because we have made others less. These are subtle understandings that most people don't want to think about because in the mind of the egocentric self, it believes that any empathy towards anybody or anything else somehow reduces the material self. And it may, in fact, reduce the material self. But there is no future in the material self. The material self ends. So what we're doing is we're protecting a rotting corpse that hasn't begun to rot yet. If we could see the history of this body,
we would understand where it's going and how it ends up. And then we would begin to understand that we need to pay more attention to the essential nature of existence as opposed to the material nature of existence. We need to know the truth, and the truth is not within the material. The truth is in a place that the eyes can't see and the ears can't hear and the senses can't feel. We need to go beyond that which is ordinary in this world. And how does that happen? Why does that happen? It happens for a number of reasons. Some of them have to do with our recognition at some point in our life of the temporary nature of this material existence and a search for what is beyond the temporary nature of this existence. If we enter into that phase for whatever reason, the death of a parent, the birth of a child, a terrible accident, some kind of tragedy or some kind of great joy that we see dissipate in front of our eyes where we thought we had reached the culmination of how things could be in this world. Why do so many famous rich people turn to drugs? Because all of their imaginations about what wealth and fame would do for them haven't occurred. And why haven't they occurred? Because they are selfish in their nature. And they found that within that selfishness, there is no joy. There's isolation and desolation. And things are not the way they thought they would be. So they begin to self-meditate. Medicate. <laughs> they begin to self-medicate with alcohol and with drugs and with sex as if that would relieve their situation. And it gives them a sporadic relief. It gives them five minutes of relief or ten minutes of relief because it blinds them to what their true difficulty is and all they're trying to do in those moments is become blind. Well, it takes courage to be able to see. It takes courage to open your eyes. It takes courage to go through the veils of the despair of not knowing and enter into the realm of faith which raises you up even though you can't see yet. To enter into that place of trust and that place where we can not only cope but become joyous in our search for reality takes courage. Lots of things need to be gone through. And some of the things that need to be gone through are all of the things that we've done in our past that were not empathetic, that were not kind, that were not 
uh, helpful towards others that has built up a residue of filth within us. And somehow this needs to be removed and it's painful. Uh, it's like scraping barnacles off a boat. We need to scrape the barnacles of our past off ourselves so that we can become pure. And once we reach this purity, we take on a different view of the world. But we have to understand that underlying all of this is still our material nature. And we're susceptible to that material nature. So as we are striving to elevate ourselves into our essential nature, our spiritual nature, our godly nature, our higher nature, gnawing at us is our lower nature. And we have to learn to ignore it and not become involved in it. The prophet was asked, don't you also have a lower nature? Uh, the word for it is the nefs and the different uh, lower qualities. And he said, yes, I have one just like everybody else, but my nefs have all become Muslims, which means his nefs, his lower nature, have become believers. And in becoming believers, they at least are controlled by the rules of conduct. Now, we need to go beyond just being controlled by the rules of conduct. We need to go to we are, where we are essentially involved with the rules of divinity. And the rules of divinity are way elevated above the rules of conduct. Divinity says, be kind for the sake of God. The rules of conduct say don't steal. It's not the same thing. The rules of divinity say all men have an equality in them that you have to be empathetic to and have to recognize. The rules of conduct say don't kill. There's quite a difference between that which keeps a society civil and that which takes a society to an elevated status where men treat each other in a godly fashion. Now, this is a state that very few seem to be capable of entering. My teacher told me that this is a state that's entered into by one in millions. But that should not stop you from being one of those. That should not stop you from believing that you are meant to know your Creator. This should not stop you from that path of becoming perfected man as opposed to ordinary man. 
And there are so many different parts to doing that. There's the ability to pray, not for yourself, but to recognize the truth. There's the ability to act, not on your own self-motives, but act in accordance with the needs of others. There's the ability to be the qualities that are from our Creator, as opposed to the qualities that were discarded by Him and are satanic in this world. The satanic qualities make us blind to the harm that we cause. The satanic qualities stop us from seeing the reality of what we're doing. Arrogance makes us blind to our actions. Jealousy makes us blind to our actions. And all of these actions cause the veil of separation. And the veil of separation makes us blind to our actions because now there's a veil and we don't see these separations that we are causing. This veil of separation has to be burned away. And it's only burned away through the qualities of God. It's only burned away through love and through empathy, through feeling the hunger of others, through feeling the pain of others, through feeling the joy of others, to becoming integrated into others and stopping the pushing away and the separation of others. This is the work of a true man. I've been fortunate enough to be with a man who was like this. And I saw it in action. And I saw how it healed people. I saw how it brought people closer to happiness and joy in their lives because they began to understand the truth. So, if we want to break free of our robotic nature of reaction to the material world, and the desire to grasp the material world. We have to take on this path. And we can't let the obstacles that come in our way stop us. Jesus said, if a man strikes you, turn the other cheek. And that's the point. The anger that comes from rejection from the world and from hostility from the world can turn you away from this path unless you have the courage to take on that rejection and that hostility and not react to it. To be peaceful within the qualities that are our Lord, and to be faithful to his guidance and to his way of being. The prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, when he was having difficulty in Mecca, went to a city called Taif to try and preach and see if people would accept his message. But they wouldn't. And they essentially threw him from the town. But it did not dissuade him from continuing to carry on. 
It didn't stop him. We have to have the strength not to stop in our attempt to become that which we are intended to become. It's much easier to accept the world and try to swallow it. But in doing that, we create our own demise. In our desire, we create our own downfall. And it's because we don't comprehend things correctly. We don't see things correctly. And we, learn, we need to learn to adjust our vision to be able to see the truth. And it's in finding that truth that change occurs. It's in finding that truth that we become real, that we become grounded within our Lord. May it come to pass that we each know the true path, the straight path to our Creator, and that we move on that path in joy and in happiness and willingly because we understand what it is that we're leaving behind, that we understand what the illusions are that surround us, and we have rejected them. We reject the temptations. We reject the magnetisms. We reject the sparkles of the world, for we know that they are illusory, and the only reality is our Lord. And may our Lord help us on this path. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.